everybody. It is Thursday, September the 29th, 2016, and you're listening to the Talking Games Podcast. I'm Bobby Shortle. I'm here with Justin Townsend. Hey there. And Steve Say. Hi. Steve. Whoa. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, <laughs> you don't mean that. You don't mean that. Oh, man. This is Steve's last Talking Games, last regular Talking Games today. Yeah. Let's start playing some sad music. I'll... Let me get the mixer going here. Sweet. Live it up. Uh, so yeah, actually, it's funny because you announced it on Twitter. Yeah, I did. Um, a couple weeks ago, but we didn't talk about it last week. No. And I've forgotten, the reason we talked about it last week, last week, was because I had forgotten that we hadn't talked about it on the show the week before that. Because <laughs> I forgot you just announced it on Twitter. So right. people are probably like, I probably just said it off handling. People are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on now? Um, yeah, so you're, uh, this is your last regular show. Yeah. Yeah. I... Um... I've got to I've got to step away for the greater good of uh, both my my sanity, and uh, it's just going to get really tough to uh, to participate and to be all the way there for you guys. And I don't want to do anything half-assed. You either do it whole-assed or not at all. Mm-hmm. And um, just a lot of things are happening all at once. Uh, you know, people know by now um, I've gotten engaged. Uh, Bronwyn and I are going to be moving in together. I am going to be moving to Canada. And uh, I've had a couple of meetings with people that are kind of giving me the green light on that stuff. And it is now becoming very real and game time. And it is a, while it's a wonderful thing to be going on, it is also a lot of nerves and it's very distracting. For sure. And the first thing that has come up that has had to have been sacrificed from the time that I have available to me has been a lot of my gaming time. You know, one of the reasons why I've been playing stuff on my on my phone is because I don't have the time to sit in front of the console and dedicate to coming up with material for the for the show even with it going bi-weekly, it's been tough. Like I haven't played like I played all the way through the Batman episode was like that was a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was an a, a, an achievement for me. And um I also picked up a bit of work. Uh I've been kind of angling myself to do more stuff at Joe Blow and uh, October is just going to be absolutely insane between Comic-Con. Uh, I still have a set visit that I need to uh, work up and do the rest of the stuff for. And uh, I'm going to be reviewing season two of Supergirl and season two of the Legends of Tomorrow for the site. And the way that works is, you know, I put a lot of, I put a lot of thought and a lot of effort into those reviews and they take me a long time. I don't I don't write very fast. You know, I go back, I edit a lot. Um, You're no Joey Pacino. Right, <laughs> right. You know, I, I don't get it right the first time. Talking comics reference. Like Joey. <laughs> and uh, so it takes me a bit. And so, you know, you start doing the math of it and you have, so Supergirl is Monday night. So Monday night, I'm going to be up super late. Tuesday is the Talking Comics podcast, so that's Tuesday nights. I'm always wired after Bob leaves my place and we do that podcast. I have such a good time on the show that I just, I'm up for the next couple of hours. So that's another late night. And then Legends of Tomorrow is Thursday, which will be another late Mm -hmm. night. And I've been having some health issues lately, and I don't want to push it. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of know the limitations of my own body. I've had some stuff going on the last two and a half months or so. Uh, knowing that all of this stuff is coming up, plus the four days at Comic-Con, who knows if I'm going to catch Con Crud or whatever. Uh, it just felt like October was the right time to kind of step away for a little while and just 
get some shit done. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I don't want my I don't want my participation to drag, and I don't want to drag anybody down. And you know, you guys have got the the show or whatever project you're going to do with the Talking Games label handled. And you know, I'm not going anywhere. I haven't moved yet. You know, if if I'm needed and I'm and I have time in my schedule, I can make the time. Uh, I'd be more than happy to participate. I just I can't commit for every podcast mm. anymore, and I wanted to be upfront about it. And uh, also taking a page out of your playbook, uh, kind of stepping away from the comics podcast. I miss having a hobby. Like I have hobbies, but they're all they're all being analyzed to some degree. Mm-hmm. Whether it's watching movies, playing video games, or reading comics and books, I am analyzing that. I am, every time I'm taking it in, I'm thinking critically about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I enjoy that stuff to a degree, but it's just getting to the point where too many angles of the things that I enjoy are having to be analyzed and I need something back. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be going through this transition and doing all this stuff, I need some kind of hideaway or anchor to where I don't need to think about those things. And gaming is usually how I escape. Yeah. You know, um, com- the podcasts and talking comics as a whole are obviously very important to me. Uh, I am not going anywhere for the Talking Comics podcast. You'd have to pry that podcast away from my cold, dead hands before I would leave it. And uh, then we have the Book Club mm-hmm. uh, podcast, which we just did, Joe the Barbarian. It was a super fun episode. Everybody was in really high spirits. We talked for like two and a half hours about that amazing book. And uh, I just, that's that's about what I can do right now. It makes sense. And uh, As you Ron know. Swanson says, don't half-ass two things. Right. Whole ass one thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, you know, who knows where things are going to go uh, once I get settled. If I find that, maybe I want to come back. Maybe I can ask if I could have a, <laughs> you know, a seat every now and again. I could, it could be like Giant Bomb when somebody stops by and it's like mm-hmm. a, you know, it's a thing. Oh, what have you been playing? Mm-hmm. And I'll actually have some stuff to tell you guys because I'll be able to spend a decent amount of time with some games. Right. And, you know, and I'm still a gamer, so mm-hmm. I'm still going to be keeping up with things. And, uh... Hopefully this will also teach me a little bit to give up some stuff and not pick up everything Mm -hmm. because with the the idea of moving to Canada, all of that stuff is going to be an expense and everything is coming down to money, unfortunately, and games are expensive. Totally. My VR unit is paid for. It's supposed to be like my engagement gift because Bron was just Mm -hmm. very fair like that. She wanted to do something Mm -hmm. for me. So... Uh, together we're going to get the VR, so I will definitely have opinions about that and be playing a couple things on that. There's a couple games I'm really excited about, and uh, yeah, I mean, being a part of this thing and and starting it with Justin and seeing you know people come and go and everything, it's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of good times, and uh, it's just it's time for me to kind of hang back a little bit. And uh, I'm not saying it's it's the end. But it's oh, it's, it's the end. It's, it's the end. You walk out the door today. That's yeah, yeah. it. Cut off forever. That, you walk out that door. You don't come back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, it's not up to me. No, no, oh, no. But you'll be back for game of the year. Yes, because uh, it was almost three years ago. Yeah, that yeah. the three of us sat down and created this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. That Skype meeting, faithful Skype meeting uh, that we had. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's, we. We wanted to give Steve a chance to go out on his show and go out on what he wanted to talk about. So we're going to talk about the gaming moment that that shaped us. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to that, I forgot about this last week. Uh, I watched Warcraft 
I almost watched that. I watched Central Intelligence and Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? No. Holy shit. Wait, which one? Pop Star? Pop Star. Okay. Dude, that good? movie is funny. I love I like Lonely Island a lot, so. I hear it's hysterical. I hear it's Watch funny that as well. shit. There were things going on in that movie where I went from why am I watching this to this is why I'm watching mm. this movie. It is the like the the pop version of Spinal Tap. It's, it's cool. hysterical. It's cool. I definitely want to see it. I had a good a good movie a couple weeks ago. I saw Conjuring Two, which was good. I saw Nice Guys, which was also very good. Mm-hmm. I saw um, Blair Witch, which was not so good. Uh, the new one, but I watched Warcraft. Um, Duncan Jones directed Moon, which is like one of my favorite movies. I of, can't of the believe last 10 that years. he's the guy that's. I know, Warcraft. I know, and it's based on the Blizzard property. Their name is all over it, obviously. Um, and it came out this past summer. Didn't do great here. It did great China. In China, did amazing. Um, and it's a perfectly entertaining movie, but it's not a very good movie. Uh, one of those. Yeah, it's got a lot. This is how I would sort of sum it up. I would say, you know, when people make fun of fantasy movies and they think like the the things that they make fun of in fantasy movies. This is a movie filled with those things. With full of those tropes. Full of those tropes. It it, it it's. A, there, there were times where I felt like I had missed something, like I had missed the introduction of a character or some sort of story beat or character beat, and I would rewind it, and I'd be like, nope, they just didn't explain at all why this person now knows this person or cares about this person. Hmm. Um, and again, I don't know how much of it this is steeped in lore of, of, of Warcraft, because I, I, played, I played World of Warcraft for a month in my life, and I've never played any of like the the strategy uh warcraft games ever so i don't know a lot of the lore of the world that, that's going on there and there might be things that I, i'm missing because of that but it's a movie so it should tell me what it is in it, in, in the movie itself um you know the, the the effects are impressive but there's most of them are impressive i will i will say but there's just way too many of them or you know and even as good as they are they're sometimes much too noticeable you know it would be like as it would be like as if there were six hulks running around in one place then you might be able to start to like see the seams of, of what's going on yeah see behind the curtain that happens here uh yeah. very impressive work on the orcs like they look they're really well rendered characters but sometimes they're obviously cg in a in an environment that's obviously cg and when it's just that it's okay because they match each other but once like a human person enters the fray you're like and that's, that's like not that's not real <laughs> you know uh there are times where it matches very well but uh, and then just the the story arc and, and the way the story develops is just it doesn't make much sense um th- there's some fun stuff that happens and, and some sort of campy goofy stuff that I, I found entertaining but overall it's just not a it's not a movie that if you were going to let's say like you definitely wouldn't recommend buying it mm-hmm. you spend five dollars to rent it you could do worse things. You can do worse things. Here's my question, because this was my concern, and this mm-hmm. was actually why I didn't go and see it. Everything in the trailers looked like it was one of the two races. Are there creatures? Are there other things in this movie? And don't say griffins, because if that's the only thing... There are griffins. Shit. <laughs> uh, there are other creatures, but not that many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they focus very heavily on the the humans and the orcs and that, that, that sort of battle. And they do the thing which... 
Do they show you other races in like a yes, they like do. an over the world like hey, back yes. in the blah blah blah? Yes, they okay. definitely show them. And then there's also like a council meeting, like with the king and like the other races of the thing, and you get to see like I wonder if Sylvanas, the was high there. elves, and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Uh, but elves. but very very little of of them. And I think one of the movie's problems. It's not necessarily a problem on, on, at the core, but it's a problem in the execution is that they want to focus on both the orcs and the the human characters because that's what World of Warcraft and Warcraft is about. It's about playing one of these two races and, and, and following the Horde or the Alliance. And the, the Horde stuff, the orc stuff, is much more interesting than any of the human stuff, for one. It, it has a much more interesting sort of story arc to it, and, and your lead character is, is more interesting. But... The problem, the main problem with the movie is that it tells its story in um, big sort of uh, genre sort of stereotypes. You know, it's like, okay, this guy has a son and his wife died. So obviously you should care about this guy and his son. <laughs> but doesn't give you any other reason to care about them in the movie. Just like, oh, his wife died. So that is sad. So you should care <laughs> about this, you know. Um, and it, they do that across a lot of the stuff. You know, this guy is the king. So you should respect him. But it's very tough to when there's right. a lot going on there, and and so, um, yeah. Don't don't tell me, show me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they don't show you anything. That's the movie's biggest problem. Okay. Um, but again, if you're if you if you're home on a on a Saturday night, or a, if you're it's a Sunday morning, and you know you're just sort of like kind of like having a sleepy Sunday morning slash afternoon. I don't think you're gonna regret watching it, but you're certainly not gonna be like, man, I should have seen that earlier. You know, you won't have that feeling. <laughs> Uh, I'm interested if anybody's listening who's a big fan of the Warcraft sort of lore and they've seen the movie. I'd be interested to hear what they think of the movie. I heard from people that like the game that the people that that know the game enjoyed the movie. Okay, and yeah, I heard and, that too. Yeah, and those who who were not familiar with the lore walked away from it, kind of being like, eh. yeah, maybe that fills in some of the like the gaps that I'm having, kind of like uh, mm -hmm. connecting with the story. I'm curious. I mean, I'm not. I I played WoW maybe just as much mm -hmm. as you, if less. Um, but knowing the Blizzard properties like I do and knowing some of the characters leaking into other games, yeah, 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 I'd be curious to see what I think of it. I have it, like I got it, mm -hmm. but um, I just haven't sat down to watch it yet. yeah, there's uh there's some moments where like they're they're traveling and you see like a murloc like and it's like and, and that's yeah. the only time you see a murloc in the in the game, which is funny in the movie because they're such a big part of starting to play World of Warcraft because they're freaking yeah. everywhere. Um, but yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was a fun watch, uh, but it's not a great movie. I love the sounds that the Murlocs make. Mm. It's so great. Um, but yeah, I forgot to talk about it because that's video game related, even though it's a movie. Mm. Um, so yeah, Steve, why don't you, uh, why don't you sort of, uh, kick off this discussion? Why don't you lead us through the, I don't know if you want to go around the table or whatever you want to do, but let's, let's talk about some games that shaped us. Yeah, no, we'll, uh, we'll go around the table. I just thought that, uh. We can get a little nostalgic and, and think back. It's one of my favorite things to do is kind of picking apart the evolution uh, of things and mm. of people. And I was thinking about it and saying, you know, aside from some of our favorite games, which a lot of these stories might include, but um, like what was it about these games that you remember that was so significant that these are like memory stamps mm -hmm. for you? You remember doing something with these games or playing these games with these people that these were the times where you really just enjoyed being a gamer. Mm. Uh, and I thought we can go around and mention some of those titles and maybe, you know, quickly tell some of the stories that are attached to them and uh, maybe got a little misty eyed in the process. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Yeah. 
Uh, and by the way, this this uh, topic or subject was uh, spurned on a little bit of an augmentation from uh, one of our listeners, Greg, who is, uh, I believe, at Hulk Beast ah, yes. on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, very lively chap. Mm. And uh, he had a, a good suggestion. So um, let me see. Should I go first? Yeah. Okay. Funny little, uh, funny little game or funny little thing that uh, has still to this day has served me very well. And the game I'm going to start off with is actually Tetris. Oh, Tetris is a good one. Tetris is not only I really enjoy Tetris. I had, uh, I think it was uh, Tetris DS or something like that. I remember on my way playing it on the 3D on on the DS on a way to a corn concert. And Tetris DS is a fantastic game. Yes, I love that game. And I. I got I I was doing like you know whatever the endless mode, mm-hmm. and I was just on fire in the back seat, and people were trying to get me to get out of the car and walk into the venue, and I'm like no 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 I'm like don't touch me I'm like I'll meet you at the gate. I played I played it so much and got so many lines that the game eventually I thought for a moment that the game just gave up, and just like gave me fanfare and let me win. It turns out that if you reached a certain amount of lines i didn't have it on the right mode but for that moment i was like i am the king of tetris i am you know and uh so aside from that but just the concept of tetris and fitting the pieces just so that i've moved in my life moved like housing at least probably nine times in my life at every single time since playing tetris that i'm doing anything whether it be bagging groceries or putting them away in the refrigerator using the term tetrising as a way of describing like having to pack a moving van Mm -hmm. and you know like oh dude how'd you get all that stuff in there be like i just tetris my way through it Mm -hmm. and uh that is something where like video game leaking into your real life and actually providing you with a skill set that also helped for another uh game on my list but resident evil Mm. When Resident Evil first came along on the PlayStation and you had to manage your inventory and it was such a it was like such a thing, right, that you had to move all those pieces and make sure you weren't carrying too much or over encumbered or whatever. Um, very much the spatial management of of side of gaming uh, has definitely leaked into my life in some in some regards that when I find myself doing certain things, I chuckle to myself being like, this is all for you, Tetris. <laughs> yeah, Tetris, I, I bought. The Game Boy was like the first thing I ever bought with like my own money. Like I saved up my allowance and stuff and, and bought a Game Boy. Um, and so Tetris was a big part of obviously that because it came with the system. So I played a ton of Tetris there. Um, and it meant a lot to me back then. And then it meant a lot to me again with Tetris DS because that was the time I kind of... Uh, I never really stopped playing games. And I'll talk about this some other stuff too. But I definitely disengaged from seriously playing games for a while. And the the DS was around the time where I started to get back into games sort of seriously um and, and so i got tetris ds there and i remember i was working at best buy at the time and this guy I was working with rich he played all the time and i just got he's like i'm gonna play you a multiplayer kick your ass i was like okay i was like you probably will and all of those like like i'm seven years old and playing tetris every night skills yep. came like rushing back <laughs> um and that was that was a really cool feeling and moment so yeah tetris is definitely a big one for me definitely a huge one for me mm. yeah yeah Tetris. I had. I mean, I had a Game Boy. I played Tetris. I would play Tetris now. I mean, were you, were you, I, I, were you I, as frustrated back then by puzzle games as you are now? Uh, but the thing is, like, I like certain types of of puzzle games. Like, I like Tetris. I like Luminez. Like, mm-hmm. I, I my love for Luminez comes from me playing Tetris. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, you can't say you can't say enough things about Tetris. <laughs> I mean, it's what I use my Game Boy for. Yeah, and that music. Yeah, so good. Oh, I just got it in my head now. The cool thing about the DS one was that they had when you clear every ten lines, it would be like a, a Nintendo themed. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's cool. that's my favorite. That's my yeah. favorite version of Tetris. Yeah. That's my favorite Tetris game. Is that one? And the music would change. So it would do Mario music, then Zelda music, then Metroid music. It was really cool. It they was were very really forgiving version. with the spin. I remember that. Oh yeah, that was the beginning of yeah. like because all the games are like that now. You can yeah. really spin it infinitely. Yeah, you could just keep yeah. on rolling it, rolling it, rolling it mm-hmm. until you got it. Yeah. Oh man, that game is so good. It's a great game. It's so great, so great good. Um, Justin, what's one that shaped you, my friend? Um. A lot of my gaming experience, and we've talked about this on previous shows, like I did stop gaming for a long time and I really wasn't into video games as a kid that much. Um, I I had systems, but I never really played them um, unless it was a multiplayer game, um, which kind of cements the way that I I primarily look at games now. Um, But like the first thing that really stood out to me um, is Toe Jam and Earl. Really? Uh, It's on my list. I've talked about that (laughs) so many times, but... um, I would never play Toe Jam and Earl by myself. Not interested at all. But I would play it split screen with my friend Johnny. And we would play that game right now. We did. We beat that game like two years ago when it came to PS3. Um, that's where I discovered a love of gaming with somebody else. And having those moments where you're mm-hmm. just laughing and um, finding secrets and you know screaming at each other not to open certain presents and then doing <laughs> it and... I mean, it was Toe Jam and Earl was like one of the first roguelikes, if you mm-hmm. think about it. Um, that game has infinite replayability. Um, and we played it over and over and over again. And we didn't actually beat that game until we were much older because <laughs> one of us always opened up the wrong type of presents. And we just never were concentrating enough because we were just having fun. And boogie, boogie, boogie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I, I sent him the video of um, the next one that's coming out. I forget what they call it. Um, but it looks more like the first game than any of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's um, an updated video? Yeah. <gasps> they came out for PAX. Yeah. Uh, there's a trailer for it, and oh it looks God. great. I mean, it, I heard it nothing, will ever, nothing will ever beat that first one for me, um, but this one looks to, like to aim to go in that direction. Mm. Um, they had the boogeyman running around. That has And the guy in the excited. carrot suit. Um, they add some more things to it, but I mean, we're talking about stuff that, for, from the past, and so for, for me, that, that, that cemented my love of playing games with other people. It wasn't yeah. until much, much, much later that I, I started liking to play games by myself. Mm. I am very much the same way. I could rattle off a list of friends that I pay, uh, played Toe Jam and Earl with going all the way back to like elementary school. Uh, some people that I, I haven't seen, no idea where they are. They're not on Facebook, but they were like some of the coolest friends that I had growing up. And, uh, yeah, getting like the randomizer where you would have like you have two pieces left of the ship and you want to open up the present and be like, oh, man, do I do it? Like I got three high tops. I got this and I got that. Be like, just do it, man. Just do it. It's just a video game. And then you hear that boom, and like everything just starts going ape shit. And it's so, so sad when that happens. And now you don't know what anything is. But uh, yeah, like discovering the the zero level. Like falling through the world and then swimming over to uh, the Wahini girls inside the hot tub and getting the lemonade and and stuff like that. One of the first times I ever saw the word uh, titter, which I thought at that (laughs) time was hilarious, still is. And um, yeah, just all the the cool like personality of that game and all the, the cool music and all the weird sounds. 
uh, being in the elevator and having that mode where you can actually like do like the clapping sounds and like German, German yep. and money and just all the different stuff. And uh, just a weird, cool co-op, you know, you and a friend. I was always Toe Jam. They always got stuck playing Earl. <laughs> they never had a problem with it. Or maybe they did secretly. I don't know. Earl's the best one. That's yeah. why. But like getting those super high tops and launching over things or being in the water for too long and you hear the din and din and the shark starts coming up or spotting Santa Claus or trying to mail something and the mailbox comes to life or finding the old man in the carrot suit and the dentist and, and the people with the shopping carts. The ice carts. cream truck. And the ice yeah. cream truck. Oh, the phantom ice cream truck sucked. Oh, my God. But, um, yeah, getting, like, pushed off the level, and then you fall a level, and then there's no ground for you to fall on, so you fall another level until you fall, like, four or five levels, and just, no! Uh, uncovering pieces of the map. Every time that you walked near an edge, and all of a sudden it would just, like, puffs of smoke would come out, and the, the path would, would fill itself in. There's so many, there's so many amazing uh, qualities to that game. It wasn't the, I mean, wasn't even close to the first game I ever played, but it was the first game that I wanted to play every time I saw Johnny. Mm. And, uh, like, it's funny, like, me and him have developed this relationship, and, like, a couple other games I'll probably mention on the list is, like, I, I view as, like, this is a Johnny game. Mm -hmm. This is the game that we're going to, he's going to come over and we're going to play this together. And, like, when Toe Jam and Earl gets re-released on whatever platform, I'll be like, it's time, come back, mm -hmm. come back over, and we'll sit down and we'll play this together. I wish that I could play it on my PS4. I have it on my PS3. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sure they'll eventually come out with a remaster or whatever. Well, I mean, when that new one comes out, you can imagine they might release the. Old oh, I just one. thought of. An, I, I'm sorry. I just thought of the the one that predates that. I, I couldn't think of it, and then all of a sudden, it popped in my head. It was Bubble Bobble. Oh, Bubble Bobble was a great game. Oh, Bubble Bobble, so good. We played two like two months ago, hmm. two three months ago. He came over, and we we were playing that one. Um, again, we never played by myself, only with another person. It's, it's the same type of experience. Getting to level 99, and then, you know trying to get the secret ending or whatever or you know playing through the level and being like you know i forget what it is it's the potion that drops you like five or six levels just screaming like go get it get it and trying to get the high score trying to screw the other person by taking all their letters <laughs> it's an amazing game it's a great game i was yeah. just playing that like two weeks ago yeah like i mean it's on ps4 now oh it is yeah i didn't even know that it's is like it really? classic collection oh. it's the arcade version of the game Slight differences, okay. but nothing really super noticeable. I've been playing on. Uh, I got that uh, Raspberry Pi with like the all the retro, the retro like emulator on it. So Karen and I were playing on Bubble Bubble. So good, it's Bubble Bubble, so good. It's a great game. Great music. Yeah, it's got awesome, awesome music. That's a great ass game. Uh, you know, it's very kind of cliche, but Super Mario Brothers on the NES. Hell yeah, man! A big one for me. Um, my brother had like an Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and he had a uh, you know he had a uh, a Commodore Sixty Four, and he would play a lot of games. And I would mess around like you know when he would let me, I'd, I'd play games on on those systems. But they were never like you know they weren't my games, and I, I just sort of like had a very like cursory understanding of what I was even doing in those things. Um, but then when the NES came out, I really wanted one, and my parents wouldn't get me one for whatever reason, and my aunt. Um, had bought one for her daughter, but her daughter Everwell didn't want it. And she offered to give it to me. And at first my parents were like, no, 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 no. Like you can't give it to him. And then one day just showed up in the mail from my aunt. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we put it in like this, we had this like this playroom um, that was like slash office for my parents and put it down there and I would play, you know, all the time. And I had like a duck hunt and I had like the Rob the Robot and all that kind of stuff as well. But I would play um, Mario, uh, Super Mario Brothers a lot. And uh, one day I came home um and there was a note 
by the thing and it said I saved the princess dad <laughs> and my dad had beaten the game while I, while I was at school oh, oh my cool. god that day and then the next day I came home from work I came from school and my, my, my mom had left me the same note so my parents were playing it along with me which uh, is how my parents my parents did too and it was like a great even though we weren't playing it together and I never I don't think I've, I ever watched my parents play the game firsthand I can remember my mom playing the game oh, really? and I can remember the level <laughs> um it's the one with the flying fish. Oh, okay. Uh, and you're jumping on the mushrooms in mm-hmm. the sky. Like, that was the one that I remember watching her play. Uh, and, like, it was just a really cool experience, and it kind of ignited uh, my excitement, I think, for gaming right there was, was that mm-hmm. that experience. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers was the game that my sister and I played together back when it was cool to still hang out with me. <laughs> it was Super Mario Brothers. That, 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 like, triple threat when you got your Nintendo of Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, and Track and Field. Mm-hmm. And we had the power pad. Track and Field? Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. That third game is Burger Time. <laughs> what? What? That was your third game? Oh, my God. Burger Time? No, no, I'm Burger saying, time. like, on the cartridge itself. Oh, it was on no. the cartridge. I thought you were going, like, it was, like, a triple third of, like, oh, these no, three no. games that we play. No, 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 no. Burger Time. Burger Time I'd been playing since before Nintendo. I don't remember if it was Commodore 64, but it was something. Like, it was uh, Leapfrog was on there. Burger Time was on there. And it was uh, it was one of those weird controllers that had the... Uh, all the digits, all the numbers on it, and you put the oh. the little like pad. You slip it into the controller, and you press the buttons like on a phone. That was and that like would a be... Col- ColecoVision? Vision? Might have been ColecoVision, something like that. Something like One that? of those. Yeah. Uh, my friend Aaron had that. I mean, that was all we did. Mm-hmm. When I mean, you had that that Leapfrog game where you just won from. Uh, they had it in that movie Grandma's Boy. Oh, okay. They were playing it. Why they never re released Burger Time? I don't understand. There hasn't like, been a new version of Burger Time. I think there has been. I have not. Trust me, I would have found it. They <laughs> they made a like a new version of Burger Time. Oh. I'm going to say like five or six years ago. Okay, and it was terrible. Okay, but mm-hmm. if they can release Bob Wobble, why on earth can't they release Burger Time? <laughs> yeah. Who knows, man? Who knows why they can't? Yeah. 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 So that was the big one for me on NES. Um, and then the next one for me was actually. I mean, obviously, when I got Super Nintendo, obviously, Super Mario World was amazing. But the, the game I can most remember playing the day that I got my Super Nintendo was Lemmings for the Super Nintendo. Oh, wow. Um, for some reason, I really wanted that game. I thought, like, I saw a commercial for it, and I, and I really wanted it. And I didn't even understand, really, what you were supposed to do, like, for the first, like, 20 or 30 minutes I was playing it. But I can remember being so impressed that the this these creatures would... would would like be able to when you set like the world up for them they would they'd be able to follow a path that that you set for them and the things you put in the world would would make them walk a different way or do a different thing or fall a certain way yep and i remember being blown away that that was possible in a, in a game you know because at that point all i can remember gaming was you know i push forward in the controller i hit a and i jump you know and i can control the character and make it how it happened but Nothing I'm doing in the world is is altering how the game is, is working and being played, and that was the first time I can remember that. And I know it was probably out on other things before that, or on the PC or whatever. But that was a, a big moment for me where I was like, "Wow, like there's things that can happen here that I didn't even think about." Yeah, I've got one of those too. I uh, like my Lemmings was Krusty's Super Fun House for the Genesis. That was one of those games where 
like I re- I realized that I had a thing for puzzlers. And you're, you know, there are mice yeah, loose the in Krusty's Super remember, Funhouse. Yeah. And there was, you know, there was an order. There was an order of operations in order to get these mice from point A mm-hmm. to point B. And it was a maze of sorts. And, you know, you it was a platformer, puzzler. And you had all these different things that you had to block their path. You had to, you know, suck them up into something and then uh-huh. blow them out the other way. Yep. And I remember that game. You know, kind of like... Uh, like Mousetrap meets like the Great Machine or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever yeah, that game's totally. called, uh, and just really having to for the first time to sit there and critically think my way through levels where I wasn't just, you know, trying to get from I was trying to get from A to B, but I was responsible for getting so many individual mm-hmm. moving parts to the end of of the of the level, and um, plus I mean the Simpsons at that point were at an all-time, you yeah. know, high. So it was really quite amazing to be playing as Krusty the Clown and not Bart Simpson. Yeah. Not not a lot of great games, though. Not a For lot Simpsons? Of, yeah. No. They had the, 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 the arcade game. Which is fun, for uh, sure. But hit, like hit and Bart Run vers- was fun for a little bit. Bart vs. the Space Mutants is a horrible game. That, that is a, a game. bad game. <laughs> it's a very, very bad game. It is. <laughs> There's a lot of games I played for the sake of, I really like this property that ended up being horrible. There is a Simpsons game on the 360. I think it was just the Simpsons game. It's possible. That game was awesome. That's when that movie came out, so it's possible that that was tied into that. Yeah, that actually, that game is really good. Is it? Yeah. What uh, what kind of game is it? It's an open like it's not open world, but like like open hubs. So like you could roam around Springfield, and like I can't remember what any of the missions were, but you played as different family members during like certain levels, Whoa. and they were like as far as I remember, three D levels. Um, but I can remember roaming around Springfield, not in two D. It was in three D. And you could like switch characters, and you find secrets. Oh yeah, you, you got an achievement for hitting start, which was like a big thing at the time. Okay, was, they were they were like mocking achievements. I, I liked that game a lot. That was on the 360. Yeah, I'm positive it was on 360. Hmm. I feel like I've played it. Interesting. Did you do a lot of driving in it? It wasn't like the, the driving Simpsons game. Um, no, I remember you could become like whatever Bart superhero guy is. I forget what Bart the name Man. is. Bartman, yeah. You like become him. Bartman. Do the Bartman. There's also a Bartman game for Super Nintendo or something like that. I don't remember what it was I, called, but I've never been playing it. Is this it? Do yep, the that's Bartman. it. Do um, the Bartman. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't have, that was like SNES, Genesis, like aside from Toji Monroe, like I, I didn't really play anything else that much on the Genesis. Like a couple of games here and there, Vector Man, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, Nothing really grabbed me video game wise. I didn't have an SNES um, until like N64, and I never owned an N64, but I played the hell out of it. Um, GoldenEye is, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, for people our age, GoldenEye, if you like shooters, is a turning point in your life that forever cemented me to like to multiplayer shooters. Mm. Um, four player versus, we put it on one hit kills, um, one hit kills with paintballs and like different modifiers. I mean, I could. Some of the guys I still play with now, Johnny, Alan, Kellen, like all those guys came from that. And we going to Johnny or Kellen's house and spending 10 hours playing that game on a Saturday night. Um, Mario 64, like, bar, like barring the console was a thing that happened back then. Like, yeah. I'm not playing anymore. So here, I'm going to just steal the console and <laughs> getting all the stars in Mario 64 and then that turning into Smash Brothers. Mm hmm. And Smash Brothers still being a thing to this day. Um, and Star Wars Pod Racing, for some reason, is a game oh, that yeah, will yeah. always stick Star out to Wars me. Star Wars Pod Racing. Um, 
playing that game on like a Friday night by myself for hours, just collecting all the pieces and whatever. And like I, we talked about on the last week's show, like racing games don't really do it for me, but that game did. Yeah, that era of games, the N sixty four PlayStation was the time where I I had a PlayStation and I had an N sixty four. I got in 64 very, very late because I had a play. I bought a PlayStation with my own money or whatever. But um, those are systems that I would only engage with when I had people over, like when we'd have like sleepover parties or whatever. We play like Mario Tennis and Mario Golf and, and Mario, stuff like early that. Mario Party. Yeah, I never played Mario Party. I hate Mario Party. Even back then, I hated Mario Party. Oh, I liked it back then. I was like, this game is horrible. Um, <laughs> uh, but but with like those games and then we play some and you know multiplayer PlayStation games as well but mostly in 64 and that and that's when I really when I played games at that point I remember me and my friend Brad would play like All-Star Baseball like 2001 or mm-hmm. whatever like over and over and over and over again stuff like that is what I was really playing at that point and I wasn't like I played Mario 64 but I didn't like I don't think I beat it then you know same thing with Ocarina of Time all those games like I just like I was very disengaged with any sort of like single player experience like i remember like i had a friend who was really into playing through like the game so like i played when we i went well the first time i saw metal gear solid i wasn't even playing it like he i watched him play through it same thing with resident evil first silent hill i watched somebody play through all of resident evil too those were the thing like I, like that the dogs jumping out of the windows in resident evil is like a big memory in, in, in my mind the first time a game ever scared me there i was like oh this games can do something else and that's a lot of what the memories are for me are like the, the times where I realized that games could be something else than I thought they could be. You know, those are a lot of the big, big, big moments for me or, and stuff like that. But yeah, during that PlayStation, PlayStation and N64 time, and honestly, a, a big chunk of the PS2 era, I was not really playing through like single player games or playing a lot of games. Um, I was, I would play multiplayer games, I play sports games with friends, but I wouldn't play a lot of, uh, of just straight up like single player games, so it was a kind of a dead time for me. In, in, in that, that era. I feel like that was my entire life until I hit the 360. Really? Yeah, it was just interesting playing game. If I, if I was playing a game, unless it was like the odd, like the odd Mario 64, mm-hmm. it was just 99% like co-op multiplayer versus things like that. Yeah, anything like you know, I, I barely owned any consoles. Like I had a PlayStation, but the only game that I was ever really into on the PlayStation was Twisted Metal. Mm. What's up? What's up for you, Steve? What next? Ah, uh, I was a very, I was very much into fighters mm. growing up, and uh, one of my favorite stories, uh, linking up to a couple of games that I'll mention. But uh, my dad used to take me to Nathan's in, oh my god, Corum when it was still open, and uh, he would bet against people and bet with me, and uh, one of the times that we had just come back from we went fishing that day on a boat and my dad had won like the fishing pool like he caught the biggest fish and got all the money and the deal was that if he won the pool that we would go to nathan's afterwards and just blow the whole thing (laughs) on hot dogs and games and whatever and uh that particular day my dad was feeling quite saucy and, and chest puffy and everything and uh he bet me up against a couple of people and I won. Like, I legitly won. And people, I just remember the look on their faces. How old is he? You know, blah, 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 blah. And my dad's just like, look, man, you know, you put your money up on the thing and he kicked your ass and that's <laughs> it. And that's all it is. And uh, so, but I'm thinking back to like, before that happened, 
you didn't really have access to fighting games. So one of the games that I remember playing with my friend, uh, Frank Maniachi, who was the kid that lived like all the way down. I lived in a house for nine years and he was like my gaming friend. There was a couple on the block, but he was the primary dude. And uh, we had Double Dragon, the original Double Dragon, Mm -hmm. which was cool to go through like the story mode and do one of those classic beat-em-ups. But one of the features of that game, and I still can't even believe that it existed, even though it was very bare bones, but there was a verse mode. Yeah, mode B. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it was mode B in Double Dragon, and it was... It was a fighter. It was like an arena fighter. And yeah. you got to be, you know, I don't remember the character's names. I remember a Bobo. Oh, yeah. A but Bobo I, Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you could be him. You could be like the super brown version or mm. like the Hulk green version. Mm. And, uh, you know, basically run across the screen, try to punch each other's faces in. Uh, Had to be the same character, though. You picked one character for both right. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, like that was where... If you were on a Nintendo and you wanted to do a verse fighter, that was what you played mm-hmm. as, as you know, base level as it was. That was what was available to you. And I just remember pumping so many rounds of that out with uh, with Frank. And it just led to me playing stuff. Uh, there was a video store down a couple of uh, a couple of streets in Miller Place that we would ride our bikes to. And they had a uh, it's a video store that also was an arcade. And they had this Street Fighter Championship edition mm-hmm. in the back. And that was like a whole new world uh, for me in terms of, of fighting. And then we went to the billiards place and they had it and they had Mortal Kombat. And it just it set me on a path of being really into like whatever the newest fighter was. I wanted to play it, mm-hmm. whether it was Mortal Kombat 1 or 2, Killer Instinct. Uh, we used to do a lot of traveling as a family for business and vacation. And I would be... Which, thinking back to it now, was a little dangerous, but this was a different time where you could leave your kid in the hotel arcade for, like, the <laughs> afternoon and just go do your thing and they'd be fine. And uh, what was it? World Heroes, I think. Whatever the game was where you got to play as, like, Rasputin hmm. and a couple of other weird uh, fighting characters. It was an SNK title. Known for his fighting prowess. Yes. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, like Dead or Alive, all, all of that, all of that stuff that it's really hard to find another player to do that stuff. Like, I don't like playing online because everybody can play the game so much better than me and I just get my ass kicked repeatedly. And I don't have the discipline to learn the Mortal Kombat games. I like going through them. The last game uh, had a really good story mode. And like, or was that, that wasn't Justice had the... Justice, but all the Mortal Kombat games also have the, yeah, good story modes. So... That's why uh, I love those games. But like, Dead or Alive 4, that's like I mentioned earlier, using the the Xbox to play that and pumping in your own music for Dead or Alive 3 and 4 were just some of the best times. So the most, like, I've lost my voice screaming Mm -hmm. while playing those games. And, uh... It teaches you like like Justin was teach oh, was talking about the uh, the For Honor earlier and how you need to switch up your stances and stuff to block certain things or make certain attacks uh, land. And to me, that all goes back to like the blocking and countering systems of Dead or Alive Four. Mm. I would be interested to play For Honor and see how some of those skills kind of leak in and come back as I play that game because I got pretty damn good at dead or alive four mm. and countering people and when you pull off like three or four of them in a row and just take the entire round in one fell swoop 
being that person and not the other person feels real good. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a couple of the couple of the fighters that I loved. Cool. Growing up. Yeah, and I, I mentioning before about sort of the time I was away from gaming, the the thing that I like I I've been playing games and like I I play I remember playing the first Star Wars Battlefront on PS2, the buddy of mine in college. Like uh, we'd like we like go for a run in the morning, like super early in the morning, and then we come back and just like play, like for like four hours. We play Battlefront for like four hours or something. But I wasn't like I wasn't playing it. For, I wasn't. Pl- I was only playing because he. We were also playing it together. But I remember one day I just, I, I heard about Halo, you know, and I decided I. This is a very specific memory. Blockbuster was doing this thing. Or the first time they were accepting used movies, and if you and they were getting this ridiculous. If you traded in three, you two used movies, you got oh eight. Every used movie you traded, you got eight dollars for, and it hmm. didn't matter what it was. They were they were taking everything, and so I had all of these movies I had bought, and like my initial like I'm just buying every DVD that come came out like phase. Yeah, I had that. You know, like I I'm like I really phase. need this DVD copy of Phone Booth, you know, for no reason. <laughs> So go and I got like two hundred dollars back uh, from from them, and I spent some of it on like new movies, but I took the rest of it, traded in my PS2 and my, all my games, and got an Xbox, um, and got Halo Combat Evolved, and I can I can point back to that moment as the reason why I'm sitting here right now. I can too, you know, because it wasn't until that moment that. I started thinking about games in a, in a different way where I started thinking, okay, not only is this incredibly fun to play, but it's the story is very interesting. The music was amazing. It was a full experience to me, and I had never really taken that in before. It felt like something that I, I would have taken from a, a science fiction movie that I loved. Like There was a lot of those elements there. And it kind of transformed, and it was also honestly the first game where I felt super comfortable playing a first-person shooter. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just I, I had always had a little bit of issues with it, and I, and I it was only because I didn't play them a ton. Um, and when I started playing that, it was when I finally felt comfortable doing it. But it was the first moment where I really I, I became engaged with not only a game but a universe in which a game was set and stuff that was outside of the game itself. Like this idea of this mythology that that was going on, and it engaged me a lot. And then that was followed up by Halo Two, which um, still a great, I I played Halo Two in one day. Like, sorry, it was in two days, but it was one day with my friend Ian playing co-op until like four o'clock in the morning. He went home, went to sleep, came back at like nine o'clock in the morning, and we finished the game. Um, <laughs> and that was the time where I I became what I guess you would call a gamer because I started I like desiring like those experiences more and more and more and it's definitely the thing that that transformed the way I play games and brought me back into games in a really real way um, which I had been you know very kind of cursory with up until that point. We share the same story but in a different way. Um, I did. I I remember being in Bosi's class and needing an article about some sort of technology and clipping out Microsoft is building its own video game console. <laughs> and at the time, didn't care about video games mm. at all. We still would play Goldeneye or Smash Brothers on the drop of a hat, but like never really cared about owning a console or anything. 
And it wasn't until I went to somebody's house who I don't even hang out with anymore. And they had Halo. And they had four-player versus going. And I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> it's like gold. Like, this is GoldenEye, just like a thousand times better. <laughs> and I had played other games like that. Mm-hmm. But Halo was like... And you could put your music into this? Like, I like I went out and bought one the next week. Mm. And that kicked off everything for me. Like, that is the reason that, I'm, that I am also sitting here is Halo Combat Evolved. And again, like, I think for people like us, like our age, like that, I mean, that game is a turning point. If you're young, like, you're younger than us, like, Halo Combat Evolved is probably not, like, just a thing that people talk, like, oh, Halo used to be a really big thing, but yeah, Halo used to be a really big thing. Yeah. And that game changed a lot about first-person shooters, and that kicked me off on, like, I'm going to play video games now, Mm -hmm. and that turned into, like, I can remember Advent Rising. I don't know why I always remember Advent (laughs) Rising on the Xbox, but it's one of the ones that I really remember. Um, And watching that, um, um, the Halo 2 thing, I could tell you, I was at the Smith Haven Mall at 11.30 the night that Halo came out, and I ran into Chuck there. I was with somebody else and ran into Chuck. I don't know if he remembers that. I know he's listening now. Um, and I spent – I mean, I loved the story of Halo. That That's a Johnny game. The two of us would get together and play through that campaign multiple times. I did the same thing with Halo 2. I, I really – that was a game that I really started caring about the story in. Um, but I dumped – I mean, I've played Overwatch for, what, 140 hours? And I'm like, that's a lot of hours. And I remember I spent, like, 1,000 hours in Halo 2 just playing competitive um, multiplayer over and over and over mm-hmm. again and never tiring of it. Yeah, me and uh, Brian used to play Halo multiplayer split-screen. Yep. One-on-one, Halo 1 and 2, split-screen, just for hours and hours and hours and hours. And we started, like, imp- you know, imposing, like, our own rules on what we could do and we couldn't do. And I tell you, Brian Verderosa is a dirty, dirty screen looker. <laughs> always looking at the, oh, I, the, I, the I, screen. Oh, I'll just cop to that 110%. Uh, um, but we started doing, we would start, like, doing different weapon drops. And, you know, the thing where you can you could spawn with random weapons. Like, every time you died, you'd spawn there. So when you got that rocket launcher... You're golden. You, you felt really good about it. Mm. But yeah, Halo was a big one for me. Halo you know what's a, a big memory of mine is actually my first experience with DLC was Halo 2. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Halo 2 came out with two new maps, and I was like, the new maps are out. I was working at a bank, and I was like, I have a stomach ache. And I, <laughs> I, left, I left the bank and went home and was like, oh, wait, I can't play. I can just look at the maps right now, but I can't. they don't go live until tomorrow. My stomach ache lasted until tomorrow. And I would stay home and played Halo all day long and i regret none of it <laughs> oh man my first uh like big awakening to first person shooters was actually time splitters 2 mm. for the gamecube they really really fun multiplayer really fun bot mode but their zombie mode was just amazing i don't know do you have you played it i played it but it, i i it's not since that era so i don't really remember it it was I had a knack for this, and and Brendan used to always comment on it, that you were in kind of like, if you want to think of it like a storage container that has uh, two to three, I can't remember if it was three or two, but it has, you know, those like garage doors that slide open, Mm -hmm. and it's zombies coming from a distance, and if you were crafty, you could take care of them at a distance and, you know, stave them off for a while, but eventually, there's so many of them that they just start making their way into the room, but I had a knack for at the very beginning of the level, just like kissing the right analog, that yellow button that the mm-hmm. GameCube controller had. 
and just lifting the shotgun just so that every single thing that I landed was a headshot. If you walked up to them and I just instinctively knew when to pull the trigger and I would just walk up to every damn thing that came into that room and blow the shit out of them. And I friends would come by and just watch me play and, and just see how long I could last. And, and I was better than anybody at it. And it was so much fun. I have so many awesome memories of that game. Uh, trying to think of what else I got on here. Silent Hill 2 was a huge thing. Uh, you know, of course, there had been the Resident Evils, and I'd play the, the first Silent Hill, but Silent Hill 2 narratively took things to a whole, like, that was the game that I played, especially a horror game, where not only could it be legitimately scary and, like, terrifying oh, yeah. at times, For especially, sure. like, talking about it now, it's it's all just memories, but back then... That first time that you were going through when the, the you found out that there was more than one pyramid head and they were following you through that, like those narrow hallways and they're just dragging the, the friggin' swords. And oh, my God, Do it's still want. scary. I played it a couple. I played a couple of years ago. The oh, HD versions. It's still scary. The end of nope. that game, the end of that game, when you find out what's going on and you find out that like silent hill is is an entity unto itself and that like the all these different people are different aspects of his personality and just it, ugh, the 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 guy in the bowling alley the barfing guy is like oh, yeah. a part of him and then the woman and just that really really blew my mind and oh my god the nurses just the, the sirens going off talk about great music too oh so good that was like one of the first soundtracks that i i listened to repeatedly and i didn't want anything to do with the PlayStation 2 uh, before that game came out. And I've, I've told this uh, story on the podcast once or twice, but uh, it was Karen who ended up loaning me the money to get that system. And we picked up Silent Hill 2 and Ico in the same day, or Ico in the same day. And that was when I fell in love with that company. Mm. Uh, and then Shadow of the Colossus after that. But uh, it's, waiting. it's crazy to think that Ico came out the same time that Silent Hill 2 came out. Yeah. Because that feels like it feel, uh, that feels ancient history. Yeah. It feels like ancient history. Yeah. But man, that Silent Hill 2, Resident Evil was the game that turned me on to the PlayStation. Like that moment where you walk in and they have that little cinematic of the first zombie that you come across and the thing turns around and looks at you. That was one of those big like jump up out of your seat. Whoa! You know, you were playing on the next level mm -hmm. machine at that point when you saw that. But Silent Hill 2 had a way of just getting in your head. And it like it followed you to sleep, that game. And I just I remember like admiring it so much. I mean, and that series has gone all over the place since. But yeah, here's hoping that they they bring that back in some capacity in a really good way. They're still doing Silent Hills, right? No, they canceled that. That was the huge thing. They canceled that. So, oh, right. No, no, no. Okay, they moved Kojima to that. Right, they moved to that gone. other game. What about Allison Road? That got re. It came back. It got canceled, canceled and then uncanceled. Uncanceled. Okay. So they say it's still coming. All right. Well, then I'll hope. I'll hope that Allison Road lives up to Li some kind of lives up to it. Yeah. Um, and actually, speaking for me, back to, to Halo. Halo let me got the Xbox, which led me to play um, Kotor: Knights of the Old Republic, which led to probably the the the, the reason, the second reason why. 
I'm here and so and invested in the idea of games being more than what I thought they were is the first Mass Effect. It's a huge one for me. Me too. Mm-hmm. Playing Kotor, playing Kotor, I was like, wow, this is a great Star Wars story. I love what these guys are doing, and that was probably the first time. Honestly, Kotor is the first time I went like, oh, this company, yeah, who made this, made this game, is now making this other game, and I want to play that game because this company is making that game. I never mm-hmm. played Kotor, and I fell into Mass Effect, and I played it for like two hours and traded it in. <laughs> And then when Mass Effect 2 was coming out, it was getting all the hype, and this was like prime time, 360, buy everything I can. And I was like, I should try that game again. I just I didn't give it a, a real shot, and I played through Mass Effect like 10 times. <laughs> and and that, was the, it was, that was that time where I was like, okay, this company called BioWare is making this game, and I love this game, so I'm going to play this game. And I remember seeing the trailer for it, like whatever E3 that they premiered it at, I remember seeing the trailer for it and being like, oh my god, like this looks like like a sci-fi epic like and and i i never played a game like it before i never like other than kotor this conversation based thing and it and it, it blew me away and still one of my favorite moments ever in gaming is you fast forward to the dlc for mass effect 2 uh the shadow broker D- dlc and you have this scene where you you're with liara uh and you're you're sitting around a table and you're just having like a normal like sort of wistful conversation. And I remember like kind of tearing up and being like really touched by what was going on. And that, the, the, that seeds were planted back, back in, in mass effect one. And th- again, the idea of like, this is something that I can, I can get into and I can theorize about and I can, I can think about deeply. And there's a lot going on here. That was a, the moment for me where I, I realized that uh, for me, also the Mass Effect series was Mass Effect 2, um, the suicide mission when mm. it first kicks off and my palms actually being sweaty and like a nervous feeling of like, I don't want to lose anybody. And there's this part in that mission where you land on the collector base and you have the other uh, Asari. It's not Liara, but I forget I forget her name. Um, but she was a more powerful biotic mm-hmm. than the one that you had. And she's using this like bubble field to keep everybody alive as they slowly walk through like these swarms of machines. And I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) Like, I care so much about these characters living that and like this one scene, like if I didn't choose her, the bubble would have broken. I know that because I looked it up and I would have been so pissed if I had lost a character. But like it was a choice that I made that ended up working out. And I I mean, that whole suicide run that they go on is was like affected me. It's like such a big way. Yeah. Like that's why I usually play anything that Bioware makes now, mm-hmm. except for Dragon Age. <laughs> except for Dragon Age, but I still own, which I've never traded in because I'm eventually going to play that game. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one for me. Nice. Mm-hmm. How much time we got? Uh, probably like ten minutes. All right. Should I rattle off just a few? Yeah, Go, yeah. yeah I right. have a few that I can rattle off when yeah. you're done. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, mm. huge, yes. huge, huge, huge thing for me. Uh, I remember having to get the Golden Chocobo. Had to do it, and I loved getting to uh, Kate Scythe's kind of casino world. Oh yeah, and uh, but that's what broke me in Final Fantasy VII. I was trying to get the Golden Chocobo. I never finished it because I couldn't get the Golden Chocobo. I totally, I got him. I got him. <laughs> I loved, I loved the races. There was uh, the the ridiculous. Was it Knights of the Round? Uh huh. That's what you had to get gold chocobo. You get Knights yeah. of the Round. How long was that? Like that FMV for that a spell? Long. Like ten minutes? Mm-hmm. It was really. It was. It wasn't ten minutes, but it was long. It was really long. But 
funny how things work out. I don't know, this sticks out in my mind. One of my favorite things about that game, and this actually wound up dictating, I think, a few things for me in the years to come and kind of my, my acceptance and attitude towards certain things. But the part where you're kind of at like the bazaar village and you have to cross dress mm -hmm. with Cloud. And I remember that always being like a standout uh, part of the game for me and going around and gathering the things and just thinking that it was so funny. And it was such a quirky little part of that game that made sense story wise. But so they could have so written around that if they wanted to and just simplified it. But they make you go on this mission where you're acquiring, you know, wigs and dresses and, and this and that and the other thing and being chosen in like the beauty contest and everything. I always I just thought it was so funny. And uh, oh, my God, that's that's one of those games where you want to talk about hundreds and hundreds of hours yeah. that I sank into that. And then when when Aerith passed away. When she died, I was I was a wreck. Mm -hmm. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And then there was that whole thing about maybe there's a way to get her to finish the game so she doesn't die. And it was just a myth. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of those back then before the internet was a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, rock Band. Oh, yeah. Rock Band for sure. Yeah. Rock Band. Had mem memory upon memory mm -hmm. stacked for that game. Rock Band 1, 2, whatever. The Beatles 1. Uh, just so much fun you and i have played yeah countless times before and just everybody getting to rock out and create avatars of themselves was always a lot of fun making you know somebody that looked like you but it was the punk version of you or the you know old-time rock and roll version and getting good on the drums like as good as medium to hard mm -hmm. can be but uh everybody having their strengths and getting people to sing and it was like interactive karaoke yeah for for the most part and uh oh my god just so much fun uh super quick res and uh nitrous oxide were during my experimental college years of uh being quite the fan of uh vegetables <laughs> i would i would sit in my room and i would uh i would bunch on some stuff and play those games and man they say you should never do that stuff alone, and that's totally true. <laughs> but if you've got res or nitrous oxide, you'll be okay. All right. So, so, so fun. And uh, lastly, just uh, not my last game that I want to mention, but the last one I'll mention right now, because uh, I talked about it pretty much every time I was on the stand podcast, is Power Stone. Endless fun. I played that last fight game that just it was just released. Uh -huh, yeah, like the French. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> It sucks. It's so bad. It's so bad. It is so bare bones. Like what you do in the first 30 seconds of the first round of that game is all you're going to do the whole game. I haven't played multiplayer, so I haven't checked out some of the other characters, but I played the story mode and whoa, was I disappointed. I was so disappointed. It was actually the first thing that I returned mm. uh, digitally. I was so I wasn't I looked at the trailer and I was like, this looks kind of crappy, but they're saying that it's kind of a spiritual successor to Power Stone. So I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. And man, it didn't even take me take me 10 minutes for that to be in and out of my PC. So terrible. Uh, but Power Stone, endless, endless fun. 
late, 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 late nights of yelling and screaming. And that game, I I play it. I, I have a Dreamcast. I have a, a hacked Dreamcast. So I have like every Dreamcast game. That is the game that still gets the most play. And it still is flawless. Mm. Everything about it works. It is so slick. It is so smooth. And it's so much fun. I prefer the first one over the second one. Uh, some people think that because uh, you you get more in the second one, a little bit more like interactive stages and stuff like that. But the the power moves of the that first game and the locations of that first game are just so awesome. And all the little crap that you can pick up and throw at one another, spinning around on poles to kick people in the face. And uh, like you said earlier about setting rules and you can you can modify what drops in that game what comes out of the presence and how many gems there are and we would knock it down and change all the rules that it was only hand to hand there were no gems there were no items there were health items but no weapons or vice versa so on and so forth and just being able to change a game that was that much fun up as much as they allowed you to do i really just wish that they would just put it online somebody xbox do the Power Stone collection and throw it on there and make it make it online multiplayer. It would be it would be a huge hit, I think. It'd be a huge hit in my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have one game, but I'll I'll save it. All right. No, go, go ahead, go ahead. It's Diablo, of oh, course. Well, that's what I was waiting. Of for. Of course it is. Yeah. Uh, it's been it, it's it's been there for me throughout the years for a very <laughs> long time. Uh, buying buying new PCs just to play it better, sleeping in shifts to work on characters and from the very beginning that game has been a part of my life for over 20 years now and uh it's been it's been a good companion game and a good bridge to uh, to having good times with a lot of great people and now my fiance that that's yeah. the game that we play together is Diablo 3 that I have to I have to have over a thousand hours mm -hmm. in that game by now easy like there's no question if somebody asked me if like, like my life depended on it if I had to guess <laughs> Definitely have over a thousand hours into that game. So many Paragon levels. So many. All of my character slots are full. Bronwyn and I are looking forward to moving in together and creating just at-home profiles to make even more characters. Like one character for every legendary set that exists. We're obsessed. So love, love, love that game. That has probably shaped me more as a gamer than anything else that mm. I've mentioned tonight. All right. Yeah. Justin, you have some you want to rattle off? Um. I mean, I, I, could, I could think of like one or two, um, thinking back now. I was thinking back to the NES, and I remember Marble Madness. Yeah. Uh, I, I played that game a lot. Um, and we mentioned it on the last show, but like Dead Rising, the original Dead Rising was like a big turning point for me. Mm. I started caring about achievements with that game. It was the first game I ever tried to get a thousand in. Um, and that like kicked off like, a, like achievements itself was like a big thing for me like it changed the way i like i view video games and that continues now today with like trophies and stuff mm -hmm. um the last of us is a you know was a big game for me that showed that games you know there are other games before it that did this like the, uh, the uncharted series showed like games can be more than just games they could you know i had people come over and be like this is like a movie mm -hmm. but the last of us is like the pinnacle of that and um I think that's where I'll, I'll leave off. Like, you know, stuff from this generation, you already know it. If you've been listening to this podcast, you yeah. know the games that I would normally say. Um, what about you? So for me, I mean, I, I said most of the stuff already. Um, Super Metroid is one for me, for sure. Mm. Um, it's a, a big defining oh gaming moment in my life. Um, as well as the first Metroid Prime. As well, those are definitely, definitely a couple of them. But uh, 
the the last thing is less about the game. I mean, Wii Sports was an awesome experience, and I, I brought together with family and friends like I never had before. But when the Wii came out, I was working at the Nintendo store in Rockefeller Center, uh, and of course it was a madhouse or whatever. But on the launch day. Reggie Fizame was at the Nintendo store. Oh shit! And I played Wii tennis against Reggie Fizame. Did you really? Yeah, that's cool. I uh, didn't know that. And he beat me, but he was—he's uh, a big dude. He's a really tall dude. Probably couldn't see the screen past his giant head. <laughs> no, but he was—he uh, was awesome, really nice. But yeah, that—that was—that was a crazy moment for me to be sitting there playing Wii tennis with Reggie Fizame. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. There you go. That's it for me. Um. All right, so I think it's going to do it for our show. Steve's last show. Yeah, let me uh I'll just uh I'll just say a word or two. Uh I want to thank you guys. And I especially want to thank our listeners. Uh it's been a it's been a weird and wild road and we've had a lot of fun and I just want you to know that I appreciate your uh listenership, your dedication and to the show, your dedication to us and giving a crap about what we have to say about these things. Uh, it never stops being flattering that we're at a point in our lives where strangers like weigh some of their decisions on what we have to say. And I Big think mistake. that's, yeah, Don't it's, do it's, that. it's a horrible I mistake. mean, seriously, what are you thinking? But <laughs> I still appreciate it all the same. Yeah. And, uh, just also that I, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm on Twitter. You know where to find me. I'm still going to be playing games. I'm still on the PSN network. Uh, I am getting the VR the day that it comes out. I will have a lot of stuff to say about that. I'll be, you know, tweeting about it and whatever. Uh, I'm going to try to pull together some streams uh, in the future when I have the time when things calm down a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it's been it's been awesome and it feels it feels weird to be stepping away, but I also know I also feel good about it at the same time. So, uh just once again, thank you for for everything cuz I, you know, wouldn't have made it this far if it were not for all of you guys. Where can they follow you, Steve? You can follow me uh on Twitter, blanked out for a second. <laughs> at dead underscore anchorus. What's uh, your uh PSN name? Do you, can it you is, remember which one it is? It is Boogie Pop Dash 47, not underscore, Boogie Pop Dash 47. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. My, I, dude, if I could just pay one amount to just unify all my shit, I would do it in a heartbeat because <laughs> all of my names are different and it really sucks. You can change your Battle.net name now. Yeah. It's not even going to be called Battle.net anymore. I know. They're changing that. It's crazy. But, times uh, are changing. Times are changing. Yeah. Uh, and if you are going to do stream, Steve, do you? Where can they follow you for that? Uh, it's uh, Sleep Gets Your Ghost on Twitch, and uh, yeah, cool, cool. Another different name. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. It's really confusing, and I apologize. <laughs> they won't let me be dead anchorist because of the word dead. Nobody, Twitch, really? Yeah. Oh, no, wow. no, on a bunch of stuff. Oh, nobody will let me be uh, dead anchorist. That's weird. Yeah. They, they're this this name is uh, inappropriate or invalid or whatever the shit was. That's really funny. And they wouldn't let me do it. It's really this is a quick anecdote, really quick. No Man's Sky, you can rename things. So my my wife and I have like a silly nickname for each other. All right, and it's Booba. All right, I've been there. So I try to make Booba the name of a planet, and it's like, no, you can't. This is a dirty name. And I was like, <laughs> have you seen Booba? Because it's close to boob. <laughs> have you seen the show Boobas? No. Oh, dude. 
You want to know why you're not allowed to use <laughs> boobas? Go check out that um, show. That show out. is some crazy shit. To check that shit out. Um, I'm, I'm at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. Justin. I'm at Jaroke. J-O-R-O-A-K. There you go. Uh, follow us at Talking underscore Games. Games at TalkingComicBooks.com is the email address. Uh, remember, play Valley uh, because in now two weeks, all right, two weeks, yeah, next week, next week will be a, a regular show. A week after that will be Game Club. Oh, boy. Uh, I got to buy that game still. In <laughs> two weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about Valley. We're going to do a whole kind of breakdown of it so and, and get into it. So play it and uh, send us your thoughts. Um but until then, that's going to do it for us. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Good luck on your on your journeys. Indeed. Across the sea. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a thing. That's not how Canada works. No, I was making more of like a Lord of the Rings reference. Like I'm really looking forward to it. You road. know what? I might be getting out just in time. That's true. Just in time. <laughs> this whole place is burning the fuck down. We'll see you next oh, time. Oh, it will. <laughs>